0: Good morning. Good. Um, I'm Kathleen. I'm a compulsive overeater. Oh, I'm sorry, Kathleen. I forgot the other part. Go Okay, okay, okay. Um, I'm thankful for the abstinence that I have that God has given to me. And I'm very thankful for the fellowship and the 12 step program and that all of you are here. Because um, it's good to get the numbers out of the way. Um, I came seriously in the program last yeah, well, June 12th and um, this was my picture then, I love pictures. since then I've, I've released 74 pounds. Um, and I try to think back to when I can remember when I started eating compulsively and I feel like it's been all my life, I feel like I can't remember a point where it actually just started. Um, when I was a baby, I mean, you know, my parents did the best that they could with what faculties and senses they had, and um, I was bottle fed, so it was like on a time thing. And I was told apparently that like when when I would get the bottle, I would eat vociferously, like it would just not end, and I just would like be holding on to dear life. And I mean, there was a lot of discord in my family home too. Um, There was like a lot of fighting between my parents. They eventually got divorced and I can remember that food was was a place of of comfort for me. It was a place of um, solace and soothing and um, no matter what was going on, the craziness in the house, people yelling at each other, throwing dishes at each other, like it... The food was always there. It was always my friend. I mean because I was, like, the smartest in my class, too, and, okay, sorry about that, sorry, thanks. Um, I was the the smartest in my class, too, and not too many people wanted to be my friend, so, you know, I had to go through bullying, and I was isolated, and um, that was difficult because my home life was difficult, too, so, um, but that one thing that was always there was, was, like, all the the trigger foods that have gone on to in my adult life. So I was like, oh wow, well like these things are here for me. These things like me no matter what, right? And they make me feel better when I when I don't feel good. Um and know uh, there was there was a lot of abuse too in different forms and um I didn't know how to handle that and it still can be challenging today to try to process some of that. Um so like Time went on and, and you know, it, it. I like what Dr. Silkworth says in, in some of the beginning how these allergic types can never safely use alcohol in any form. And I think of how I use my food items. Like, I can remember I was like maybe eight or nine because I was trying to think of like the earliest times and it just like food was always there. And I had one aunt. She was really tall, very, very thin. And we went to her house, my brother and I. And she brought out some cookies, and they were, like, the real thick chocolate chip cookies. And I was like, oh, man, all right, man. They're not the thin ones. They're, like, the big, thick ones. And she, like, put one out in front of me, and then she, like, put them away. And I'm like, what are you you doing? I'm, I'm like, one? I was like, no, wait, 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 no, no way. I'm like, and I was like, I had to be, like, eight or nine. And I'm like, no, you mean, like. Like three, four, five, right, and then, cause I mean, I, and and it was like, no, we're having one each, and I like that whole concept to me just was so foreign. I was like, no, like like one cookie, and she, like she was so satiated with that. I I was just shocked that that could even exist. Um, I mean, I think of like anything anything that was like in one item, like if I could like multiply it, then then it was like even better, like. um... If you had the Oreos, the double stuff Oreos were good, if, like, I could, like, take take it apart and put, like, 12 of them together, then that's even better, right? Like, that's all, that thought process, and, and like, that's all the, the allergy, it's all I wanted to do, and I could never feed it enough. I mean, Halloween and Easter were my favorite holidays. I can't think of, and because it was just all around the food. It was all around the food, and it, and it that, those, those particular holidays spoke to my trigger foods. Um, like i couldn 't get enough i can 't think of how many times I ate myself sick on both those those holidays and and any holiday any time food was around um, we, we there would be uh my mom eventually remarried, and I can think of we would her her husband didn 't eat red meat and but she still enjoyed it, so we would go to a, a fast food store and She would buy food items, and we would sit in a parking lot and eat in the parking lot. And I can remember asking, him, like, well, why are we, I wanted to be inside with everybody else. I'm like, why are we out here in the parking lot? Like, why aren't we, you know, my, why aren't we eating inside at a table? Like, you know, my brother and I and and you, why aren't we, like, kind of eating like a real family does? And she wouldn't, like, answer the question. But that was, like, the first, there were the beginning associations I got to, like, the whole shame of, of, eating this way. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I I could, you know, appreciate that. I remember throughout school always feeling fat and always, you know, I hated gym. I hated having to like do anything physical at all. Um, and it's, that just kept going over the years It's that the food never got to be enough. I just had to keep eating. And, um, So, I I thought, you know, I I got married, I had children, and um, the marriage fell apart. And um, I could think of so many different times, I was like, I never thought that I was out of control with food. I think of the whole, the first step, that I was powerless over food, my life had become unmanageable. There were times in my life where I was able to admit to myself that, yeah, like, I don't I can't control certain foods but then there were other times most recent time I was like "Nah, I'm like I'm alright you know I'm I'm okay there's like you know I should be eating better you know maybe not so much stuff but you know I'm 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 fine I'm good I mean I've got a job I'm taking care of my kids I'm good right <laughs> And meanwhile right at work like I I usually work on Saturdays and I would go through people's desks and I would steal like if they had my trigger Foods, I'd steal that. If they had change for the vending machine, I would steal that. And it's like, oh, that's like normal, right? <laughs> and and I can't think of how many times I would go to the vending machine during the week. And that was like great because like nobody would be in the lunchroom. So I could go to the vending machine and like get whatever I needed out of that vending machine. And like people wouldn't see. I mean, I could think of how many times I would, my work was always near like a convenience store. and I would go to the convenience store and buy like three, four items of, of trigger foods and eat them at a time. And I'd go a couple times a day. And I'd think, oh, there's nothing wrong with that. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm I'm hormonal today. I'm like, yeah, it's not, yeah, you know. Um, I had every justification in in the book for that. And um, I can when when they would have food items at work, like they'd have lunches or or, or breakfasts. Like I would go, and it's for me is an interesting dichotomy. I have, I wouldn't want people to see me eating anything that I thought was not normal. Like I knew that and like I I knew what what on the plate what sizes looked normal, but I also had this uh, allergy that I I wanted had to eat more. So I would go whenever I was sitting there I'd have my plate and I'd I always take even like less than it. and like sometimes I'd be like, "Oh, is that all you're going to eat?" I'm like, "Yeah, you know, yeah, it's, I'm good." Right? Yeah, right? And then then we'd all go back to our desks, and when I knew nobody else would be there, I would go back in. And man, then it was like then it was like oh, free for all, right? Like ooh, here we go. <laughs> and I would like just pile stuff on. I would take so many different plates of food, and then eat it there when nobody was there, and then go back. And um, but all the while I'm 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 thinking like this is, you know, I'm thinking that this is okay. Like I'm not thinking that 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 there's anything wrong with this behavior. Like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't eat a little bit of this, maybe a, lot, a little of that, and, you know, it's just okay. I mean, and I try to remind myself that now because in, you know, pages 32 and 33, it says that once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. And in one of our meetings, I think of of how, how some of the long-timers have, have said, and it, it really keeps me vigilant, excuse me, is that we're all, no matter if we, if this is our first meeting or if this is, like, our, our, we've been in it for 45 years, like, we're all walking along the path, but the ditch is always right next to us, right? And I, I try to, I keep those pictures because it reminds me, like, man, if I'm not, like, working these steps, if I'm not, like, praying to God, if I'm not in my abstinence, man, that ditch is right there. It's waiting for me right, it's right there, you know? So, like, I I try not to count, the days or the years—I just say like I've got today, right—and that's I've learned how powerful that is for me because I know that I can be in that ditch at any second if I don't if I don't work this program if I'm not using the tools of recovery, um, because because my head was so messed up. I mean, I would have food hidden in my bedroom closet because I didn't want my kids to eat it, right? Like, and 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 then, you know, when they would go to bed, I would get the food out, and you know, and I wasn't even thinking about it I would just be shoving this stuff down my throat and um i i I always felt like, well, no, I've got a lot of stress, man, I'm like I'm a single mom, I'm working these jobs, I'm trying to like you know um no man i I need to like take the edge off somehow, and it's like you know if if that's not life being unmanageable I, I i i i don't know what is you know i mean i could blame everything i could blame all the stuff in my past the 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 abuse The you know what, whatever i could blame i you know i i could blame anything right and, and i could blame you know it was raining outside today so i'm you know i'm upset by that so i'm just going to eat this stuff because it's going to make me feel better but it, it compounds it, for me it compounded itself on each other and it never got better. It only like created more of a, of a, of a a problem because it wouldn't ever satiate me. The allergies just would like grow and grow and I just would have to eat more and more and more. I, and I was thinking now, it's like so funny. I I can look at my refrigerator now and it looks like there's almost nothing in it probably to my old self. It's like, oh man, there's like so many meals in here because it's all planned now for me. Um, whereas before I'd have like a packed refrigerator, man, it was packed with stuff, like, all kinds of, like, you know, pre-packaged everything in the refrigerator and the freezer, and I would open up and be like, oh, there's nothing in here for me to eat, right? Like, it was not, it wasn't ever good enough. Like, whatever was in there wasn't, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm like, I can't eat any of this. It's like, you know, I gotta go out and get more stuff from the convenience store or whatever. Um And, yeah, so I, I one of the hardest parts for me was how um, was with my kids. I mean, sometimes I see them now. Um, they're older now. I have an 18-year-old, uh, 15-year-old, almost 16, and 13-year-old. And um, two of them exhibit some of the, the behaviors that 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 I had and can have if I'm not careful. Um, and that that's a tough thing. Now I struggle with to today I mean I hear people who've been in recovery at a lot younger age. I wish I wasn't 45 when I came to it, but that's that's how it was. Um you know, and I'm here and I'm working it and um I'm hoping that that helps. Um it was around this time last year um where my son had graduated high school and um his dad and I we went out to to eat with him and so like I started piling on man it was like it was like it was like hey my first son's like high school graduation so I started eating and bef- before even before that like my whole body had been in pain for months and when I say my whole body I mean like my arms my legs my back you know everything everything just hurt I had headaches all the time for months and months and months and I figured now that's just a process of aging I'm I'm middle-aged I'm in my forties, right like you know i'm, I'm you know i'm I'm going to be in pain right you're you know people at all different ages and they're you know I'm in pain, I'm like, okay, well, you know, I gotta just accept that right'm like but I would still exercise, so I'm like, you know, I'm okay, you know I'm okay, like no, it's not that I'm like bad or like that I'm eating wrong or anything' because I can exercise, but you know I'm in tremendous amounts of pain um and I was in a, a shared housing arrangement at the time and I lived on the third floor and like to get to the third floor was like <laughs> oh man like it was it was it was awful right I would just be like holding on to that railing just to try to get my you know 75 pounds more up those steps each time and um so so like so I started eating on on my son's graduation and that continued like that whole weekend because it was like in you know, one big party, man, like I got like you know special like you know trigger food foods for me, you know that that you know that was centered on him, big thing and like you know I wasn't counting i wasn't I wasn't making sure that I was having certain kinds of like quantities or anything man it was like all free for all because you know I was celebrating it was a happy time right get I used food for for bad moments, and I used it for good moments, and like everything in between, and it, it just didn't stop. Um, so then that Sunday, was, it was my brother and his family and his wife and his children, and, and my children and I were going to have like a little barbecue for my my son for his graduation. That was going to be like our side, little celebration for him. He only lives about an hour away from where I live, and I can remember I was... I was really, really tired. I was really tired. And which I was always tired too. I was always in pain and I was always tired. And again, I I, I chalked both of them off to, to, to my age, right? I'm like, hey, you know, you're forty five. It's it's just it's just the age. So so I'm I'm I got in the car and I'm driving and I'm like I, I am I'm like falling asleep at the wheel and I'm like, Oh my god I was like I, it was like I was starting to get like an awareness that God. I was like, that this is like really, this is really wrong, right? Because like I've got three kids in the car, and like I, you know, I don't know. (laughs) We're on a highway, and I'm like, oh my God, right? So I'm like, I'm just praying to God, to to get me there, right? You know, it's always that prayer. It's like God, God, just you know, just get me there, and. I learned, you know, God help me do Your will. A lot later, <laughs> it took me a while, but you know, um, so I got there and and it was really humiliating to me because all that I could do was get out of that car and wobble myself to a recliner in his house and sit in his recliner. And I was like, like, this is all you can do at your son's like graduation party is like sit in this recliner with like your your back up and your like legs out I mean yeah, okay, you're middle aged, whatever, but like this is all you can do. Like this is supposed to be like, you know, anything. Do anything, right? Like be outside, like be playing, go for a walk, like do something. But like all you can't. All you can do, Kathleen, right now is just like lay here in this recliner because you're in so much pain and you're so tired. And I'm like, dude, I'm dying of cancer. I'm like that's like, that's was what's gotta be it's got I'm dying of cancer. That's it. Like that's that's it. Like I'm like, all right, well I'm I'm dying, that's okay, you know, I've, I've accepted that. I'm like, well, all right, so we're going to call a doctor, but, you know, let's, like, look some stuff up first. So Monday I get to work, and I'm, like, looking up some stuff on, online, and it's a, it's amazing how God works for me. And he, it, I found some things online, you know, self-diagnosis, right? It's always a good thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Um <clears throat> And it said to get rid of one of the, tr- the trigger foods. For me, it was like sugar, and I was like, "Yeah, all right, I'll try that. That's not gonna work. I've got cancer. I'm dying. Sugar's not gonna work." <laughs> it's like, like, "No, right? I'm like, that's not possible, right?" So I'm, I'm, I'm in pain and I'm really tired. I'm like, "I'll try one day, and then I'll call the doctor tomorrow, right?" I'm like, "Cause it's not gonna work. I tried, I eliminated sugar, in all of its forms, in that one day, and by the end of the day, I was still tired." But all that pain had left me. And I was like, no way. I was like, that's not. I was like, and I had lived with this for months because of all the junk that I kept putting in my mouth. And like, when I say my body was in so much pain, I can't. It's hard for me now to like say how much pain it was, but it was like hard to move. And it was like, just to move. It was, and it was everywhere. It wasn't just my back. I wish I could be like, oh, I had pain in my back. It wasn't just my back. It was in my legs and in my arms and my head. It was everywhere. My whole body was like, it throbbing and so much pain I was like oh my god and in one day because of that how that that food reacts that food item reacts in my body and the allergy that I have, it was all that pain went away and I was like oh no right like there was a part of me that was like "Ooh, okay now we know sort of what it is but then I was like oh I'm like oh my god I'm like, I think I would have rather, you know, I don't know, I don't know. But I'm like, how am I going to do this? I'm like, because if I don't want to be in pain, that means i got to do this the rest of my life. I was like, oh, my, that's, like, that's not possible. I tried to, like, I've tried to give up sugar so many other times in my life. And I was like, maybe 48 hours I could do it if, like, somebody has a gun to my head. I'm like, how am I going to do it for the rest of my life? I was like, that's like, oh, my God, right? And I remember years and years ago, I would heard about OA, and I was like, all right, well, look, man, like you know, I'm just going to have to go, because I think these people could help me. <laughs> I said, I think, like, they get what this is like, and I know that, like, I can get, like, people are going to be like, look, I got to get rid of this, can you just, like, kind of, like, hang out with me and, like, you know, just give me some support as I, like, try to do this. I'm like, they'll understand, right? So I'm like, I just got to make it to the end of the week, right? I just got to make it to the end of the week, because there's, there's a meeting that I, I I knew of that I really, really like. because I'd gone years before, and it was like, yeah, and then I left, of course, and, um, I was like, okay, I want to make it to this meeting because this meeting's like really, really, like I, I resonated with this meeting, right? So I was like, okay. So I made it to that meeting, and 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 when I got there, I was really blessed because the people were really special and really welcoming, and no matter like where I was, and I was able to get a, a an incredible sponsor that day. That person walked up to me and really was really um, gracious. To me, and and then I found out I had to get rid of like some other food items, and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I was like, "I don't know how I'm gonna do this." I'm like, "I," but I'm like, "Look, there's there is a way," and um, and it just it I, I it, it's amazing. I have to, to, to acknowledge that that it has been an amazing process, and God's done great things because. It it was so bad, and I I want I don't want to forget that right. Like when I was trying to get together to 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 write about and think about this and say stuff to you, it was like I it was hard for me to like want to remember that, like how bad it was. Cause, but it's important for me to remember that because it is. It's always right there, right? At that ditch is right there, and if I like if I forget that or put that out of my head, like how it can get, then like. I don't I don't know, I mean, I could trip, right, and fall in there, so I have to remember that, because it's not fun to think of, like, how miserable I was, not just mentally, but, like, physically, too, like, there's a physical aspect to it, and it just, um, I, I, I don't want to go back to, like, all that, all that pain, and all that, that, that suffering, and, 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 I mean there are days now that are are tough, right? There's sometimes there's like I don't wanna do the work, right? But I, I, I had to because it was to remember what those those times were. Like to, to not to just sit in a chair and like that is all I could do at my son's high school graduation party, like that's that's just beyond shameful and humiliating to me, you know. I mean, and I I don't wanna to live there with that. So um yeah, I guess like now, I guess that's what I have now. And, you know, I'm going take some extra questions later, but I'll pass it over to Naomi. Okay.
1: To get started? Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. i like to send some pictures around. <laughs> At least somebody else that's not me. i <laughs> I have to remember where I came from. That's for sure. Good morning. My oh. name is Naomi, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater.
0: Hi, Hi. Naomi. And,
1: <laughs> Thank you, Kathleen. That was beautiful. I mean, so much you said resonated with me. I, I can remember I had an eating problem since I was a little girl, and I, I had no idea what happened. I mean, there were times, like when I was in my teens, that, my, that I was not working, and um, I could out-eat my father. Didn't understand what was going on. I just had no idea. Over the course of the years, like a lot of us, you know, went through the road... With, with diet pills and dieting and up and down yo are know, dieting and all this other nonsense. I even had the lap band surgery. And I had the lap band surgery, and I was able to release, excuse me, lose um, a great amount of weight, maybe 50, 60 pounds. But, you know, as the person that I am, I had to go find it, which I did. And I was able to put 35 pounds back on of the 70 that I lost. And the doctor insulted me when I put the four pounds back on because I I gained weight and he had said to me, he was so disgusted, he ordered an upper GI to make sure the band didn't slip and walked out of the room. So uh, gaining 35 pounds would have been out of the question to go back to this doctor. Um, as a teenager, I went on diet pills and I used to smoke cigarettes and... I just had no idea what was going on in my body. I had no idea at all. All I knew was I loved to eat and being raised in a family with a mother had m s my My father worked um, many was self employed so he 'd work like fifteen sixteen hours a day and uh, food was always there and it just it always became it became it became a comfort for me and um, you know I, I you don't grow up without doing stuff that you're ashamed of. I would go into stores and I would steal candy bars, or I would steal money from my brothers who had like a small uh, paper out so I could go buy the candy bars and it just it just progressed i mean it just progressed and it was it was the weirdest thing so here I was up to like two forty eight there was no way I could go back to the doctor. I called every bariatric center from here to North Jersey to see if there would be another doctor that would treat me. And because this doctor had treated me and the other doctors did not, and they installed, they put the lap band in, no one would touch me. And I thought, I'm screwed. I have this thing. Can't go back to the doctor. And I'm going to go over 300 pounds. Because I was like 248. So... Thank you, God, he sent Abby Thatcher into my life, my next-door neighbor. And of all things, she wanted to borrow a pie dish. So she came in. I mean, God really does have a sense of humor. She came in, I said, wow, you lost so much weight. How did you do it? And she said, overuse anonymous. So I went to my first OA meeting, February, S- February 7th of 2011. I walk in there, and it's like, okay, where's the scale? And I see two particular ladies that were, like, skinny. And what's this all about? They're supposed to be fat like me. And then they hand me a book about alcohol. And it's like, if I like food the way I like alcohol, I mean, I would have a pina colada maybe once a year. And so if I like food the way I like alcohol, I'd weigh 100 pounds instead of inching up toward 300 pounds. And then they hand me this book. And it's like, what, what is this all about? And thank you, God, my first reading Like every week we'd read a different chapter and everybody would have a paragraph. My first reading was on page 552, the resentment paragraph. And I sat there, I didn't know what I was reading, but the words just resonated with me that I hated this doctor, because when I went to orientation, he was supposed to fix me. I wasn't going to be fat again, I wasn't going to have a problem with food again. He was going to fix me, he was going to do something to my stomach. Thankfully, thank you God, because of my, uh, I had a small daycare business in my home, So I couldn't, I didn't have the luxury of having the two weeks to recoup for the full bariatric surgery. So I went for the lap band, which is only like one or two days recovery. And so I, I had the lap band, it was wonderful, like, and, and it controlled my eating. And, um, you know, I, I didn't have, I couldn't eat a full hoagie, but I could have smaller ones. And. So this is how the weight came back on. So here we are, When this, we're in, the, in the, um, the meeting, and we're reading these stories, and I had no idea. And I remember going out to the car and thinking, who are these people? How do, how do they know what I do with food? I mean, it's like nobody does this with food. I'm the only one on this planet that does this crazy thing with food. And then we start really getting into the doctors. Well, I have to just backtrack one thing, and this was a total blessing. So I came in February 2011. So fast forward it to um, uh, April, either March or April, okay, we know the exact date um, of 2013. And I was invited with my sponsor at the time to go to a workshop. And it was in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. It was the intergroup weekend. See, up to this point, what my sponsor had me do with the big book was read, this is how she took me through the steps because this is how she was taken through the steps. Read five pages of the big book, write a paragraph how every day, how it related to you as a compulsive overeater. Well, to me, that was an assignment and I was able to do assignments, so that's all it was. Then all of a sudden, I go to this wonderful workshop in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. And I'm allowed to use his name because he gave me permission. And the keynote for that weekend, Friday night all day, Saturday and Sunday afternoon was Harlan G. And we were reading from the big book, and this is a funny story, and it really is true. So I went up to him one time during our break, and I said to him, I said, may I contact you when I'm done working the steps? And he said no. And I thought, this is a very busy man because he lives in Arizona. He's over in Jersey. He said, because you'll be dead. And I thought, oh, what is this man talking about? I have no clue. And I walked away like, okay, you know, I don't know. And so... But the beautiful part, and the beautiful part was this young lady walked in with her arm full of these big books, the, you know, large print like this for readers like me. Large print, big book, and I'm thinking, why do I need all these, the space between the sentences and the margins, it's so big, it's not big enough. <laughs> and, and I bought one. And then, um, then I was turned on to a wonderful phone meeting, and. But I'm getting a little ahead of myself. So, what I find in this book, and what I love, love about Dr. Silkworth. Dr. Silkworth, he really, he really nailed it. Where he says there, in this statement, he confirms that we have suffered alcoholic torture must believe that the body of the alcoholic is as quite abnormal as his mind. Well, huh, that just said it all for me. Because my mind was crazy, I mean crazy about food. I worked for a literacy council, and I'd have class on Wednesday nights. And somewhere in my brain, after having like 10 or 12 hours working with the children, I would go work for the literacy council at nighttime, if I got it in my brain not to eat dinner. So I would be sitting at the table if I wasn't working with a student, because I had tutor and student one-on-one, and if I didn't have a student, I'd be sitting here like this with a math book in front of me, thinking, oh, she's doing a good job. No. Because in my brain, who does this in my brain from 6.30 to 8.30 when we leave, is am I going to have an Italian hoagie or am I going to have a roast beef hoagie? Who does this? This is crazy. And this would be every Wednesday night. And so that people wouldn't think that I was a pig, I wouldn't go to the same convenience store. I would go to different ones because I didn't, I didn't want them to see I was a pig. And then I would come home. And my husband would be in another room watching television. And you see, I was entitled. I had this entitlement because I had, you know, I'd have the medium-sized hoagie, and I'd have a bag, like a $4 bag of Doritos, and I'd have two or three tasty cakes, a couple chocolate bars, and, of course, you wash all this down with the um, diet ice tea. <laughs> and that's what I would do. And this would be every Wednesday night. Every Wednesday night I had that. And this is a perfect example. Men and women drink essentially because they like the effect produced by alcohol. Well, with me, it was my binge foods. The sensation is so elusive that while they're admitted to it injurious, they cannot, after a time, differentiate the true from the false. And that was me. I didn't know the true from the false. I just had no idea. And up here, well, this is very true also, what I love what the doctor said here about, their are is irritable and discontent unless they can again experience a sense of ease and comfort Which comes at once by taking a few drinks Drinks they see others taking with impunity And after that they succumb to the desire again And that was me It's like how can these people eat these foods and not be affected My two older brothers, I have two older brothers and I have a younger brother They're thin, tall and thin. My sister and I, we got the short straws with the weight. And we would go out, Chinese buffets, oh my gosh. They were the best and they were the worst. We would go out to the buffets and it was, even my husband, my husband's a normal eater. I mean, a normal eater. Who, (laughs) he would take a bite of something or a small piece of something and then just leave the rest. I don't know normal people do those things because I am not normal. I will never be normal. Um, here where it says, feel his own inadequacy. Well, that was me. I, I was never normal when it came to the food. I know it, I just absolutely know it. Over here, they took, they took a drink, and this was something else, this is what I too did. They took a drink or so prior to the date, then the phenomenon of craving and at once paramount to all other interests so that the important important appointment was not met. These men were not drinking to escape. They were drinking to overcome a craving beyond their mental control. And that's what I had. And my whole family suffered. We would, um, we were going, like we go out with family, and we were going to go shopping and then have dinner. Or have dinner first and go and then shop. Well, because of this food, it never stayed with me. And I knew I had a certain amount of time before I ate, and I had to go to the bathroom. So the family had to readjust their lives around me. And it it just went on and on. It just never, it never stopped. It just never stopped. I, I just continued, I continued with this, with this behavior all through my life. And I had no idea, I had no idea what I was dealing with. I just didn't know. All I know is I love to eat, and I remember someone on one of the phone phone lines saying that their their bottom had a trap door. Well, my bottom did have a tra- trap door, and thank you and there was never i could never I could never eat enough I could just never eat enough and that 's how that 's how I carried through my life. I remember um, Uh, I like hearing Bill's story where it says, nevertheless, I thought I could control it or control the situation. And um, I never could. I never could. I had the daycare business. I remember sitting there, and I would be feeding the children breakfast. Oh, gosh, the amount of food and and the carbs. And, you know, it's just... It's just amazing, it's just amazing. I don't know how anybody does these things, but I did it. I did it and I did it really well. Sitting there, shoveling all this in my mouth and thinking, huh, what am I gonna have for lunch? (laughs) And it was breakfast. Now the downside of that, because of all the carbs, um, I would put the children down, I'd I'd give them lunch and I would have six children anywhere from, oh, six or seven months up to two or three years old or four. I put them down for their nap and because of, because of my body and because of my brain, this obsession in my brain that I needed more, I would doze off in the afternoon. Nothing that I was proud of, I couldn't control myself. The house was locked, the lights were out, the kids were secure, so there was no danger to them, but I couldn't control it. I'd have to doze off, and then people would wonder, oh, you're so wide awake, how do you get all this energy? Yeah, I would take a nap. I would take a nap in the afternoon. I could not, I could not control it, and here over on Bill's story, it says where he was talking about should he kill himself, he said that a fog settled, settled down, gin would fix that. So two bottles and oblivion. And with me, it would be, yeah, hoagie would fix it, and then the fog would set in, and I had no control, I just had no control, and I had no idea, no idea what was going on. my body was my body had just gotten gotten away from me over here again in bill's story, alcohol was my master, compulsive overeating was my master and it didn't matter where I went or who I was with. Yeah, but of course, now I would go to parties and um, <laughs> it, it's such a joke because like, who was I kidding? Who was I kidding? Um, I would go to parties and I would just eat little bits of food thinking, oh, how Damian, how ladylike. Yeah, go home and binge my head off because I didn't, I didn't fill, I was not filled with, this, with all this food and this addiction. And I had an interesting thing happen to me the other day. Um, just to change the subject for a moment, God has me now at walking anywhere between two and six miles. And I was walking and I call them my God walks. I don't use the ear earbuds. I just walk, talk to God, enjoy nature, talk to God. And I passed a woman, very disheveled looking, sitting at a beer distributor and she was waiting for the store to open and she said when does the store open I said I have no idea and then she said to me "Um, do you have a cigarette and I said no I don't smoke and I'm walking away just under my breath you know I just being a brat I said "Uh, smoking is bad for your health but at one point in my life I would have seen someone like this and said oh how disgusting I didn't at this moment at this moment I was like looking in a mirror because our convenience stores where I live. I live right in Upper Darby, which is close by. Our convenience stores are open 24 hours a day. That could have been me if it wasn't sitting on Wawa's doorstep waiting to get in to get my hoagie. So I walked away and I said, thank you, God. Thank you, God. And over here, oh, this is, oh boy, this is me. Page 21. He does absurd, incredible, tragic things while compulsive overeating. He is a real Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He is seldom mildly intoxicated, but he's always more or less insanely drunk. His disposition while drinking resembles his normal nature, but little. And that was me. I mean, I was a successful businesswoman. I had my business for 25 years, and I took very good care of the children. I could not control what was going on with these naps in the afternoon. And to piggyback on what... Kathleen so beautifully said, I belong to a statewide organization of childcare providers. And we would have conferences either in Carlisle, Pennsylvania or Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And I would do the driving. And I remember coming down the the turnpike at 70 miles an hour with three other ladies in my car and was falling asleep because I was so comatose from the carbs. And it just couldn't help myself. Or the time I was coming down from Lancaster, and I was driving a high speed on Route 30, and I was falling asleep and having having to splash water on my face because I was going to fall asleep, and it just it was just crazy, and it was all because of the food, all because of the food. So needless to say, um, I had a wonderful moment. I think it was maybe last um, April, no, not April, like January, February. It has been a long time since I went to see my doctor for the lap band. I wanted to make sure. It's only silicone, so it's nothing that has to be taken out. And he saw what I was doing. And this doctor, I'm not gloating, I'm just thanking God. This doctor gave me the time to listen to me how he insulted me and he apologized. And he said, you know, um, I do toy with the idea of maybe taking another 15 or 20 pounds off, but if I don't, that's okay too. Because at my top weight, I was pushing out of a 3X, and now I wear anywhere from like a 14 or 16. And so he said to me, if you want to lose any more weight, he said, you could come back and I'll give you a fill. Mm-hmm. And what, the, what basically the, the lat band is, at the top of the stomach, it's like a silicone belt around the, the opening of the stomach. Then there's a tube that goes down with a little port that looks like a small um, spool of thread. And he sticks a needle in the stomach, and then the, the fluid, it's just saving the fluid goes up and inflates the, the tube, the, the lap band around the top of the stomach, making the opening of the stomach smaller. And I walked out of there and I thought to myself, I got everything I wanted. He apologized to me. And it would be like slapping God in the face if I would go back to him to get this fill. One other thing with this lap band, because one day he was trying to give me a fill and he couldn't find the band, in the office he cut my stomach open and he adjusted the port and sewed it up. And I knew the days because of the occurrence that happened. It was a Wednesday, I went in to see him that Friday night, I had a red ring around my stomach, and I called the office. He said, go to the emergency room right away. You have an infection. And this infection could have killed me. So I went over to the emergency room, and I went into the hospital, and they gave me antibiotic through the IV. All this in the way of trying to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, that doesn't have to be. I don't have to. I don't have to go back there anymore. Over here on page twenty. 23, and there is a solution. Therefore, the main problem of the alcohol centers in his mind rather than in his body. If you ask him why he started on the last bender, the chances are he will offer you any one of a hundred alibis. That did it. I had the lap band. I I couldn't have a classic hoagie, but I could have the smaller ones. I couldn't have a big bowl of like spaghetti and meatballs but I had because I'm a true addict and it's like you know you'll get your fix in any way you can and I just and this is how I lived this is how I lived my life I didn't think any other way and it didn't matter it just didn't matter I lost years of doing things with my daughters because I was fat because I couldn't do anything and um, you know I did make amends to them and it, it's, you never get those years back. You just don't. But I can't change the way I am wired. Just like I can't change. I joke with my daughter about being 5 foot. She goes, Mom, you're not 5 foot anymore. I'm really 4'11", because you shrink as you get older. And that's OK, because God bless tall people. And even yesterday, when I was in the supermarket, I went over to a stranger. And I'm very good at talking to strangers went over to a stranger. I said, could you reach something for me? I mean, I've even gone to men. I have no pride. I've I even gone to men to ask for female products. I mean, I need it. It's there, and there's nothing I can do. I'm not going to climb the shelves. But this, this program is so amazing, and I know we're just talking about steps one, Step 1 and about the, the powerlessness, oh, my gosh, and being unmanageable. It, it's just it's just unbelievable it's unbelievable the food choices that I made and the thinking the thinking that I did and I never it never fazed me it didn't faze me because this was how I was wired and this is what I did and you know there was so much in life that I that I couldn't I couldn't do because of my weight and because of my size and I you know and it's really funny I had once heard on one of our phone meetings that um, someone as a little girl asking God asking God to help them with the food I never even thought about anything like that I I don't I don't believe I mean I knew God was there and I knew I because I I, you know we go to church and I knew God was there even even when I had my business I would say God you send me the family you want me to love but don't touch my food because that white thing in the in the kitchen that's my altar that's what I bow down to and that's what I did and I did that I did that for my whole life I have I had a knee replacement because of the inflammation of the body and the arthritis I had a hip replacement and even with something like that God spared me because when I went when I went in um, 2011 to have the hip done, um, my knee was feeling like a vice grip. And they checked out the knee and they said, no, the knee is okay, let's check the hip. And when, I, when they checked the hip, they said it's bone on bone. Because of what I had done to my body, it took me two months before I got up, got up the nerve to share with my family, I did it again. And I took complete control over what I did. And I, but thankfully God spared me because even with an artificial knee, you could wear it down. I had the knee done in '05. it was, oh, it was 2011, and the orthopedic surgeon said, when did you have your knee done? I said, "05." He said, it looks brand new. Because you, you can wear a new knee down, and they said it's only good for 15 years. And when I saw him in 2011, he goes, it looks good, it looks real good. So that was a positive, that was a positive thing for me. But after, um, and I had just become, I had just become abstinent in July of 2011. I came into program, oh gosh, I came into the program February 27, I'm sorry, February of, of, of 2011. And thankfully, in July, my sister was gonna take us down to Atlantic City. And because I had gained this 35 pounds, I had to get a new bathing suit. So I went into a store, and the wraparound mirrors do not lie. Mm -hmm. And I hated what I saw. So I put my glasses down, they're invisible bifocals, and I proceeded to sit on them (laughs) because I was so disgusted with my look. And I smashed these glasses. My sister and I were going to go out shopping, we were going to go out to dinner. I could. I was um, farsighted so I could see to drive, but I had to sit like her, like Kathleen and I, in the booth at the restaurant so she could read the menu. I could see the pictures, but I couldn't read the menu. And I thought, now it's time to get serious with this program. And I picked up a sponsor, and we started working the steps. And then fast-forward only to November, where I had to go in and get the hip done. I thought, I can't sit around a table with food for Thanksgiving. So... Um, But I was abstinent, and I followed my food plan. And I know the people at this, like after I had the hip done, I went to a nursing home for my rehabilitation for the the hip. And I would call down to the the kitchen every day, (laughs) telling them what I could eat and what I couldn't eat. I initially met with someone, a nutritionist. I gave her a whole list of foods that I don't eat and what I could eat. So it was wonderful. Like they would send me up a platter, and we had grilled chicken and a vegetable and a salad and a fudge brownie. And I'd take it off, and I'd put it on a plate. You know, I'd put the plate aside, and when my husband would come in, I would give it to him. So for Thanksgiving, I told them just what I wanted, because I did need special equipment with just having the hip done on what I could do and what I couldn't do. So thank you, God. Thank you, God. The family had their dinner together, and I was spared. So when holidays came after that, I made their food. I had my, And I made my food. And if I go off I do apologize but I don't apologize yes step one I am powerless over food and my life was unmanageable that's not the, that's not the way today and lives have been restored now the family hasn't changed but my attitude and thinking and words have changed toward them and it's, it's miraculous. I could sit and talk all day long, and I couldn't talk enough about the changes. But one of the beautiful changes that happened is um, I had a reconciliation with my son-in-law where um, I had said some nasty words to him. He had said some nasty words. This before program. He had said some nasty words to me, and my daughter turned on me, where my daughter was supposed to say to her husband, don't talk to my mother that way. My daughter turns to me and said, Mom, don't talk to Jason this way. So I left there crying, because of the program, my son-in-law and I get along beautifully. He's not the easiest person, but I know what he does, and I don't give in to what he does. And one time he was at work, and he told his friends at work, he said, my mother-in-law's coming into town for the weekend. And they said, oh, you're in trouble. He said, no, I get along great with my mother-in-law. It's her daughter, I can't stand. But, you know, this is, this is how he is. And it's just, um, it's just amazing. It's just absolutely amazing how this program works and the food never enters into it. Within the last four years, May 1st of zero four, my husband collapsed at work. He had an aneurysm in the aorta with burst, and they call that the widow maker. Thank you, God, he survived that. 2015, he crashed the car. He crashed our second car. He was okay. The car was totaled. 2016... Um, We're sitting, we go through all through the year, nothing, Christmas Day, I have some pains in my back. Take him to the hospital where they had put the stint, the original stint, and the abdomen was leaking, rush him down for surgery. Thank you, God, he's okay. 2017, he comes walking up the back patio in September, no, it was November, and I look at him like, what happened now? He said, oh, I lost my job. They closed the company. Great, 70 years old, where do we start over again? But thank you, God, shortly after that, he did get a job. And it was close by, and the people like him. And it's just an amazing journey. And thank you, God, he spared me because May 13th, May 13th, I will turn 71, and my life is just beginning. I am out walking anywhere from two to six miles without dropping dead, and where at my top weight I couldn't walk three blocks. And my life is just beginning, so I stop and thank God and see where he's going to take me for the rest of my life. So thank you for allowing me to share, and I pass. Thank you, you. Sharon.
0: Thank you. Uh, Well, at this time, please join me